Hello everyone, welcome to another Ismono podcast and today I have the pleasure to have back again. Uh, we actually already did a podcast, I would say one or two years ago, it is a while ago. I have with me Jet from Perfect Pack and yeah, thank you again for being here with me and yeah. Thanks, on Bert. this podcast. Yeah. Am I your first returning guest? I know um, you were started recording this. Was it twenty twenty? You started recording podcasts, or I think so. Yeah, and I yeah. think you are the first returning guest. Definitely, yeah. yeah. It's a it compliment. Was, Thank you. Definitely, we had a lot of fun, and we have so many. I think what I would love not today, but what I would love to do with you in the future, because you are the only one that I know um, from this scene that also plays Dungeons and Dragons. Ah. So I think, or I would love to do in the future, in the, uh, do a podcast with you just about Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah. To be quite honest, absolutely, absolutely. I'm I'm That's... playing like twice a week at the minute. I'm DMing twice. on a yeah. I I'm DMing ah. on a Thursday with a group of people that I've been playing video games with for like 15 years now, and then. That's awesome. Um, I, I will get into this in a minute, actually. I, I, for folks listening, Bo has sent me over some of the things uh, to talk about across the podcast, so I, I, I will touch on this. But yeah, cool. uh, I'm playing a lot. So yeah, absolutely. I'm up for that. Uh, everyone, you should start playing Dungeons & Dragons. It's so much fun. And I mean, I know that so many people, I mean, we go a little bit off a tangent, but I just want to say Dungeons & Dragons even though some would, let's say, consider it a little bit nerdy, I think it's so much fun to connect to yeah. your a to your inner self, and b to connect to your friends again. Um, yeah. Because it's such a different vibe. Uh, once everyone is getting comfortable, just playing a character, being a little bit silly, but also it's so much fun. Everyone, you should at least try it once. Yeah, find absolutely. a group and try it. It's cool. Yeah. yeah. So um, before we go, I mean, uh, like every podcast, both of us prepared a couple of questions that we will ask each other in turns and for 10 minutes. But maybe just for an introduction for everyone who doesn't know you, can you give yeah. a couple of sentences where people could know you from and yeah. what are you doing? Absolutely. Uh, so I think, as you mentioned, most folks uh, who are listening to your work will know me from The Perfect Pack, which started as a Facebook group back in 2015. And then we've been a, a community facing website. We run blog. Um, we run a blog about backpacks pretty much exclusively. We don't do a lot of EDC stuff. We don't do outdoor gear and things like that in a broad sense, but we write reviews. We do industry content. We've run some editorial pieces about backpacks on the website. And so I've been a, an admin for that Facebook group and um, editor for that website for the past few years. And then in that time, I've been writing for PackConfig and for Carryology and for a couple of other websites, little bits as well. I uh, like that. Yeah, that, that's where mm. most people will know my work from. I've been reflecting on this recently, um, talking to people people I know about coming on this. And so you and I, we cover things in a similar kind of way. I know that when you've talked about your ethics for reviewing and things like that, I tend to find myself agreeing with it. I think our tastes are quite different. And I know... Yeah. Um, you know things like use cases and our experiences and and 
therefore the things that you and I tend to uh, recommend people might differ quite a bit. But that's great. That's excellent. But, I really but like that. That's only because you are much more hardcore than I am. <laughs> I'm never in the mountains, in the snow, yeah. and I don't yeah. know how cold it is. But just based on the impressions that I get from your Instagram, I, yeah. I'm like, is he in the Antarctis right now? Like. 1000 oh. kilometers ah. up in the air hiking <laughs> through the snow yeah. <laughs> it looks crazy yeah. every time i see those pictures so i um where i live in scotland like we get some snow but it's not nearly as severe as even the rest of europe certainly not versus people in in north america um let alone and and large parts of asia as well um so for folks who, who again, don't know me, uh, I'm Waxhead Jed on Instagram. Most of the mountains I hike are like a thousand meters, like a kilometer in altitude, which isn't even enough for Still oxygen high. to be. Well, it's it's higher than sea level, definitely, but it's not enough. So medically, high altitude starts at 1500 meters. And there's no point okay. in Britain. There's no point in Great Britain that goes to that level. Like our highest mountain is about 1400 so oxygen level isn't an issue things like that but yeah we get we get some nice snow and what we get in scotland is a lot of wind so i was speaking to a friend of mine who's from finland a couple of years ago comparing the winters he said obviously it's colder in finland it's very common for them to get you know below negative 10 degrees but they don't get such severe wind they don't get such severe uh, mobility of snow that sort of thing and so in some ways it's harder for him to pass a winter here in scotland than it is for him in finland but that's definitely something thing many people underestimate which is wind chill right because mm. i just know it from motorcycle and yeah. i look at the weather forecast and it's like oh it's it's 19 degrees celsius but as soon as you're on the motorcycle and you get wind chill it's at least seven it feels seven degrees colder yeah than what it is just because of the wind from riding the motorcycle. So I imagine being that high and having lots of winds just makes everything much more uncomfortable, which is why I believe that you are much more hardcore than I ever will be because I am always like having all, I mean, if you're looking at the video version, I'm in my office right now. I have a t-shirt, a sweater and a fleece jacket because I'm that cold. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't handle it. All right. Thank you so much for the introduction. Yeah. And I would start with my first question for you, Yeah, which is as you said in your introduction you are from perfect pack and you uh, how you review a lot of bags and i i would imagine that you have checked a lot of different bags over the last few years and i also can imagine that your preference about bags and the uh, and their features yeah. in the beginning was very different than it is today and that that with that in mind, with all of your experience, what features of bags did you initially like a lot that nowadays you would say, oh, I don't like that anymore or I don't need that anymore? Yeah, that's 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 a great question. And I think um, it would be easy for me to come and say, this is what I like now. But I think some mm -hmm. of that is based on the learning process. And I... I mm -hmm. um, 
I had to go back and rack my memory when when you mentioned this question to me. I, I remember, I think, like yourself, starting with bags like like Five Eleven. I had Mac Maxpedition bags back in. This is back in about 2012. I had my first Maxpedition bag. I bought a Five Eleven Moab Ten in, I think, 2014, maybe something like that. And mm-hmm. and I loved them. They were great. The solidity of the materials. They're both, yeah. you know, a thousand denim. I think they are like. 1050 denier nylon on those and they have loads of pockets loads of extra slots um and they are weighty and solid and the tactile quality is amazing just to Mm. hold them in your hands that sort of thing Uh, and for the uninitiated which i was that was exactly what i wanted they looked tough (laughs) they made me feel tough exactly um, and they they felt just that nice amount of uncomfortable on my body where I, I thought <laughs> if I got tougher, it would be perfect for me. Um, and that was my approach to these things. And um, yeah, I, I I used that Moab 10 every day for like a year and a half. And then in 2015, I was spending more time outdoors. Um I'd gone from being very city-based and, and really not moving around an awful lot to um, about that time I moved to a small village. I started spending more time outdoors. I was I was running a bit more, and I thought, look, I want something. I want a proper backpack because the Moab mm-hmm. Ten is a, it's like a like a fifteen liter sling bag, right? Mm-hmm. It's a lot of weight to put on one shoulder, and I thought, look, exactly. if I, you know, the amount of weight that I'm carrying in this, I've got to be more comfortable with a proper backpack. And I started looking at, um. At the time, this was Cariology started in about 2010, uh, but it was before the Perfect Pack. It was before we had this huge explosion in the uh, in the industry, um, mm-hmm. you know, that, that we have seen now. I think I remember talking to you about this last time I was on the podcast, right? The change in the industry that we've seen over yeah. this time that that you and I have both been making reviews. And so I, I made my short list was um, a triple lot design Lightspeed. Mm-hmm. Uh, and a Gorok GR1, and then I was looking at Mystery Ranch. And I couldn't get any of those in the UK where I live, so I would have yeah. to pay a lot to get them into the country and was racking things over in my head. And in the end, I saw a, a Mystery Ranch Sweet Pea, which is a lot like their three-day assault pack, and it was on sale for like $140. And I thought, yeah, cool, I'm going to get that. Um, and I had to pay for two lots of shipping because I, they wouldn't send it directly to the UK. I had to get it sent to my friend in Dublin, in Ireland. It was very oh. strange. Yeah, it was crazy. Um, That's but, stupid. <laughs> but I got it and I still have it and I absolutely love it. And the difference that I felt like instantly from the 511, where it was, it's a 500 denier fabric. So it's not light versus, I don't know, Dyneema or a VX21X pack or something, but it's so much lighter than the 1000 denier. And the five, all of 511 bags, they have slots and pockets and, and hidden mesh zips and, you know, um, sections for your pens and things like that. And it, I went to a 500, a 32 liter 500 denier sack with no internal pockets at all. And it was such a shock for me that I had to relearn how to pack my bag. Um, but I loved it because all of the weight had gone from, you know, if you have the, the, the body of the pack with all the pockets and the, the slots and very little going on with the suspension, it had a, a pretty beefy strap, the 511, but not a lot else going on. Yeah. The suspension on the Mystery Ranch was all the weight and the body of the pack was nothing and it 
the fit could not have been more different. It was incredible. Um, and I just loved it. And so later on that mm. year, I bought a mystery ranch. It was an urban assault, which is much smaller. The one I bought was the old Asian market one. Again, I bought it from Singapore, but it was 21 liters, which was much closer to the the, the 15 liters that I had on the, the, the 511 bag. And I bought some pouches to go with that. And I just loved it. And I used that one like every day for a year. Um, because it was so much lighter and so much simpler mm. in the layout. And it meant, and although it was a larger volume, the simplicity meant that I had to think more about how I packed and what I had to pack. Because yeah. with, with the 511, I fell into this trap of going, I have a slot, I have a pocket, and therefore I have to fill it. And yeah, at the time, exactly. At the time, I was working in like an outdoor clip. It, it was an army surplus shop. So, you know, like it's, it's old military clothes yeah. that go in for sale. Yeah. Um, and I was carrying like a deck of cards and an adjustable spanner to go to work in this shop, aside from all of the crazy EDC stuff with a Leatherman and, and a Swiss army knife and three lights and all these different things. Um, I was, I was carrying lots of stuff that I just didn't need. And so the <laughs> weight of my pack went shoop down to nothing and that for me was was the learning experience that i feel like i've i've continued and i'm not like an ultra lighter like we, we were mm -hmm. talking about mountaineering and and yeah, hiking yeah. and things a minute ago you get people who go and do like week-long trips with a with a six kilo pack and they're doing they've, they've got their tent and their sleeping bag and mm -hmm. their stove and their they don't tend to count the food and water in that but their first aid yeah. kit and everything and it's nothing they they've really you know, they weigh everything before it goes out and they cut off bits they don't need. I don't do yeah, that. Every gram matters, right? Yeah. And it, and, it, yeah. and it does. And I understand that. But there's a trade-off and I'm more than happy to have a bit more weight for a bit mm. more comfort or a bit more yeah. durability or a bit, just a bit more, I don't know, just sometimes it looks cooler. Um, yeah. But the improvement in comfort that came from having something that I needed to learn how to use and to uh, to think about versus having a design of a bag that um, I'm not going to say 511 were forcing me to carry a spanner and a deck of cards and 17 pens and extra knives. <laughs> but the design facilitated that. And because I wasn't yeah. thinking about it properly, um, I wasn't making making good critical choices like that. I, I decided it was cool to have those things, and and I did it. So yeah, I I think my taste has gotten simpler and more geared towards comfort. Um, mm. the I know for a fact that my taste has changed though, and this is because you will remember on that list of three, I had uh, the, the triple lot design Lightspeed and the Gorok GR1 and the Mystery Ranch. Uh, it was a three-day yeah. assault pack was what I was really after, but whatever. So since then, I have owned a Tad Lightspeed and I have owned a GR1. I bought a GR1 in 2020 and I used it like three times and I sold oh. it. Um, I bought it from a, from a guy here that I knew on, on the perfect pack and, mm. um, I got a good price for it and I, I used it for a bit and I thought, no, you know, I, I could tell. And I remember saying to my partner, if I had bought this in 2015, I would have loved it. And I might never have bought another thing mm. because again, it has that toughness and it, that, yeah. that tactile quality that was just amazing more so than the 511 stuff. I don't need to tell you that, right? You know this, but I didn't feel like it suited me and I didn't feel like it was sitting on my body the way that I wanted mm. it to. And um, 
yeah, I, I think uh, maybe even things like clam, like a clamshell opening and stuff like that. I've gotten such a, to be such a big fan of um, actually top loads or the modern hybrid designs like a tri-zip you get on Mr. Ranch or things with the center zip or, you know, um, smaller panel loading sections. Yeah. Um, I love the opening design on the Evergoods mountain panel loader where you can open the top and then the front. And although you can kind of do that with a GR1, it's not really things, you know. Um, so interesting. Yeah. I just need to interrupt you real quick yeah. because I, just like the last time we talked and just like you said in the beginning, we have a very similar approach and mindset in that regard because I am such a huge advocate of clamshell uh, bags, but what you just mentioned in terms of getting more um, down with top loading in the beginning, yeah. I was like, I'm not really that big of a fan with top loading, but I'm more and more over the last few months, I gotten into, that's oh, not that bad. Yeah. Especially because I was so doing a lot of grocery shopping with these, I don't know, they feel out of place going with a $200 backpack grocery I, shopping. I love doing but, that, yeah. Yeah, but, but when I am at the grocery store, I noticed oh, top loading bag is so much better for grocery shopping yeah. than a clamshell. And that's when I, when I noticed, oh... Now I get it. Now I know why people like top loading bags. I still hate like recently I lost a package of butter. Oh, not I lost it, but I forgot it. Yeah. Fortunately, I remembered it when I got to bed. I wasn't bad. I was like, I forgot something. I was like, holy crap. There's still a, a piece of butter in my backpack. Oh, that's right. going to go very bad. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Fortunately, I caught that, but that's one thing why I dislike top loading bags yeah. sometimes because you forget yeah. those smaller pieces uh, at the bottom, but I get it, yeah. but I get why people like top loading bags now. And I, I'm not, I don't it is, dislike them yeah. that much. That it is a, it is a trade-off and I worked this out quite early on between access and stability. Exactly. And my, my priority started with access. I need access to my gear. Because what's the mm. point in the bag opening if you can't access your gear? And it has gone towards stability and the way that it fits on my body. And can I move with it? Does the yeah. bag, uh, if a bag is going to throw me off balance at all while I'm using it, no, I'm just not going to use it. You know, sure. if things are going to move around on my body. And for me, packing stuff from the top and packing it in the way that it's going to be when it goes on my body, that that works so much better for me. Mm. Interesting. Uh, uh, yeah. But yeah, that, but that is, yeah, about my my experience and my um, my preferences and the mm. fact that I'm, you know, I'm I'm never working off a desk at the moment or anything like that, you know. Mm. All right, yeah. thank you so much for answering yeah. that first question. So, what's yeah. your first question then? I'm I'm going to ask you something similar and related to that. Actually, I'm going sure. to ask you about um, about use cases and about uh, mm -hmm. how that factors into your reviewing process and your your how much it comes into your mind when you are testing something. So you, you're aware that like 
Um, not everything that you do, th when a designer is designing a bag, they have a particular use, they have a particular user, mm -hmm. they have uh, maybe a lot of people think of versatility and a lot of people who you know yeah. want to encourage things to be used in lots of different ways, but they have um, perfect situations in mind. And obviously us being real people, we don't line up with that perfectly. Yeah. How much is that in your mind? And then how much is the fact that... Um, that you are necessarily by being a person like limited in what you can test things on your mind when you are reviewing a bag and is there anything that you know is a testing um is there anything that you know that people do as part of their reviews that you'd like to do but haven't just just don't for whatever reason mm -hmm. uh good question and i have <clears throat> I have uh, an answer for that in in terms of I am aware of these specific use cases and different use cases and that people are different when it comes down to how they use the bag, how their body is framed, how tall they are. And I am aware of that, but, but I don't really 100% factor this in because for me, reviewing an item or doing my reviews, it's kind of like, I'd like to compare it to being a movie reviewer. Um, or I, I've heard that from MKBHD, who's a tech reviewer. Um, I kind of see that viewers who watch my channel at some point get kind of uh, calibrated to what I ah. personally like and what I, how tall I am, what my body yeah. shape is approximately. And that's the same way with um, movie reviewers. I usually don't like to watch a movie review and base my judgment just on that single video. I like yeah. to calibrate myself to the person's taste. <clears throat> for instance, it wouldn't make sense for me, let's do it, extremely i would it wouldn't make sense for me to watch a movie review about star wars from a star trek fan in a way yeah, you know what yeah, i mean okay, yeah. so i i try to calibrate myself to that yeah. person's taste and yeah. then i know how to analyze the review itself and that's kind of how i envision my reviews i um always try to say okay these are my, i don't say it that often in videos but i try to say it as much as i can to say like okay these are the negatives and trade-offs for my personal use case but yeah. your mileage might totally vary especially if you're a two meter person with yeah. my height of 170 centimeters that yeah. would be totally different especially for instance the triple art design axiom backpack that backpack didn't work on my body shape it, it hurt my shoulders uh, my yeah. collarbones and i was like okay this hurts me it, it's uncomfortable for me but your mileage might totally vary yeah. so i am aware of different use cases and different um scenarios <clears throat> excuse me um but yeah i i am always in the hopes that people have watched a couple of my videos and therefore somewhat know what 
my personal taste is like and therefore can kind of relate to oh okay he doesn't like that but i know that he usually doesn't like that because he is in a city environment i yeah. am in this environment so it doesn't apply to me so that's yeah, kind that's, of how yeah. i envision it yeah <clears throat> people people have to take information and your judgment and yeah. apply their own criticism to both parts of that because we are only human and because they exactly. are a different human yeah hopefully but that's but that's what makes it so interesting i feel like this this whole back world is underlining so much that we are all different yeah. we pack different we are have different body sizes, different heights, different needs. And so it is very, for me, I always try to emphasize, hey, that's just my opinion. That's just not even my opinion. It's just limited by my height or yeah. limited by where I'm living. Um, yeah. Also a good example is I get that question lately a lot is, oh, is that back panel preventing me from sweating? And I'm always Does anything like, ever. Yeah, nothing. Yeah, nothing. It's, <laughs> no, it's, it isn't because not, it's a backpack. Exactly. <laughs> it's, you, you will be sweating no matter yeah. what. Um, yeah. But it also comes down to where you're living. When you're living in yeah. Indonesia, you will sweat. If yeah. you're living in Finland chances are you're probably not going to sweat because the, yeah. maybe the highest temperature is 25 degrees in the summer yeah. and then it's maybe okay <laughs> but yeah I, I am a sweaty mess at 25 degrees to be fair <laughs> i can walk around in a t-shirt and i'm dripping so <laughs> and yeah. i'm always cold i'm always yeah. wearing like multiple layers of uh jackets yeah. and stuff like that yeah what, what, is, what yeah. was the second part of that question uh, i forgot the second part do you, are there any use cases that you are ever curious about or things that you oh. wish you could try that you don't get chance to? Yeah. Um, I would. And I would I'm not saying, no, do... you have to come mountaineering with me. You know, you have to. <laughs> I would love to, to do yeah. that, actually. Yeah. I would definitely love to uh, come to Scotland. And um, I don't know, yeah. I, I'm Braveheart is one of my favorite movies and i'm always okay. amazed of that scenery yeah um so yeah i would love to visit scotland but coming back to reviews i would love to do more stress tests um but yeah. i don't know i'm i'm i have too yeah. much respect for the bag and how much it costs and i don't yeah. want to destroy a perfectly fine item um yeah yeah, but I would love to do like put, I don't know, uh, 50 kilos of kettlebells into a yeah. backpack and then pull it on a crane and let it fall down or whatever, stuff like that. Just just yeah. to see how much it works or do there is, uh, what's the word? There's tensor strength and what's the other one um like abrasion resistance is the other thing to consider oh um tensile strength uh, and tearing strength or something maybe yeah so okay yeah so for those of you who don't know then there are different strengths of when you when there's already a cut how yeah. strong you need to pull it until that cut 
tears apart and then there is the strength of if there's no cut in there and then you pull on that fabric somewhat if yes this please is don't thing. quote yeah. me on that something like that and i would yeah. love to actually yeah. punch a hole with a knife into <laughs> i don't know into yeah. i have no clue if ripstop fabric or i do know it because i've seen it in that documentary but i haven't tested it myself i want to yeah. see if ripstop fabric is actually ripstop <laughs> yeah to what degree the only time i've done do that, that. Um, I met with one of the designers. Do you know the, um, they're an outdoors company, Bergens of Norway. I know the brand, but I've never yeah. tested anything from them. I, I have a couple of their packs. They're, they're phenomenal. Mm. You probably wouldn't like them, but I love them. Um, and that's <laughs> fine. That's all I'll say on that. Um, <laughs> Um, I met with one of their designers a couple of years ago. We went to the pub and he got a piece of fabric out of his pocket and a five pound note. And he said, look, if you can tear this in half, I will give this to you. Look, I'll even start you <laughs> off. And he 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 got a knife. Um, he got a, a pair of scissors from his Swiss Army knife and he cut the start of it and he passed it to me. And I pulled and pulled and pulled and I could, it was exactly what you're saying there, the ripstop in it. And he told me afterwards that it was a Dyneema woven ripstop um, oh. in the thing. So it's among the strongest fibers you can possibly make on earth, right? Like, or, or that we have made so far. <laughs> and I could not tear it. And I, I nearly cut my hand trying to pull this thing. <laughs> I had red marks all over my fingers. And I said, okay, yeah, it's your fiver. I will get you the next pint. You know, let's let's go get a beer. Um, <laughs> That's probably something quite, for parachutes or stuff like was, that. Yeah. I it, uh, so... Yeah, he had it. They were they were you know using it for a pack design, uh, because you know it's mountain climbers and and skiers yeah. and things like that. And those things are well built because if your customers are testing, you know if you, if your customers are using your gear and it breaks, then they die. Um, and so that mm. stuff needs to be well built, you know. Of course, it's, yeah, of course. It's not uh, those of us walking around a city. If I'm walking around a city with um. You know, I mean, I've got some very good tough bags, but if they break and I'm walking mm. to work, then that's okay. I'm not so bad. If I'm, if I'm on a mountain and my bag breaks, then I'm in a lot of trouble. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. But those are the kinds of tests I would love to do. Or yeah, I mean, there are only so many bags where you could actually do those tests without it getting boring. But for instance, I would also do. I'm so much into colors, but um, for instance, take a black bag, yeah, expose it to some form of, I don't know, chemical, and then just leave yeah. it in the sun and see how long it takes until the black is becoming gray or something. Yeah. So I, I think there are a lot of interesting, no, not, not interesting, entertaining, ent yeah. uh, entertaining tests that we could do for creating these videos but yeah i feel especially in this kind of economy i would feel really bad to destroy a perfectly yeah. good bag um that's so, expensive i don't know I, I wouldn't, some of that is logistics as well because that takes time and yeah. you work to a deadline i work to a deadline yeah. Uh, we have to yeah. keep up a although i have a, a team of writers that that i edit for it's just you so you have to yeah. get one done and on to the next one and unfortunately we don't have the luxury of i recall i don't know if they still do it but i know pack hacker used to do like 
like one month updates, six month updates, you mm-hmm. know, one year updates. And that was brilliant, you know, and to update mm-hmm. stuff as it went out. But the reality is that that's really difficult to do when you're, yeah. especially like yourself, a, you know, a single person producing these things with a, yeah. with a production schedule. And no. to, as you said, the logistics, I mean, especially during these two years um, of having uh, the pandemic and lockdowns, just having the occasion or the chance or the time to actually use a bag is so yeah. has become so rare that I wouldn't know how to do it with that many bags, actually. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah. That's actually a really good segue to my question to you, uh, which is about these two years. And the last two years have been quite challenging for all of us. For me, it was being in the home office all the time, lockdown and not going outside. So I would love to know from you, did you pick up any new hobby or interest in these two or three years while in lockdown? I... I, um... I will start this answer with a with a small caveat, which is that I actually had a really good time during lockdown. Um, so that's <laughs> uh, awesome. Yeah, I, I and I, I, I have too, to actually. I have to say that with the caveat, like, I know a lot of people really struggled. I know a lot. Of, I know yeah. a lot of people died, which is tragic. Mm. Um, but for me personally, like um, it was the first time in my life that I wasn't stressed about work or I wasn't stressed yeah. about money because my work closed, but they kept me on full salary. Mm. And I could spend a lot of time at home with my partner and I exercised a lot and the streets were so quiet. I could go to the supermarket and like be left alone. I I really enjoy that stuff. I'm such a... um, I get that. You know. uh, (laughs) I get that. I mean, uh, just to... For me, it's the same. I feel like these two years were terrible in a way, but it gave me also a lot of time to kind of yeah find myself have a little bit time for myself and find new hobbies and trying to although it was kind of somewhat of an escape escapism yeah where you're trying to escape the situation that is worse um it's still yeah i was able to kind of do the best out of it that's i think that's what we wanted to say so yeah what's uh what did you find for yourself then i i didn't pick up much new but i came back to a few things um in particular um so i was talking about like like in my early 20s before i was spending a lot of time outdoors i used to play a lot of video games and i didn't for from about from about 2014, so ironically, around the time that I started picking up um, bags and my my more of my outdoor gear, through to 2020, I didn't have anything to play video games with. I had a, a little Chromebook that you know is good for you know writing and 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 mm. web based stuff, but was not good for that. And so I I built a whole new PC that's next to me right now, um, and awesome. I upgraded that last. September yeah I upgraded that in September last year so um you know I'm I'm not going to get into specs I'm sure there are people out there who say that's not too smart <laughs> but it, for me it's been a, a big deal and I've I've been really proud to do that I have friends that work with um you know computer hardware whether that's in sales or or um you know actual 
like design and um, mm-hmm. I have a good friend of mine who works for basically the organization that handles like the communication infrastructure, British Telecom, right? BT that, okay. that handles yeah. um, the infrastructure for, for the internet here in the UK. And so he knows a lot about this stuff. It's very firmly his, his special interest. And um, yeah, so I spoke to him a lot and I got his recommendations. And so that's been a really good thing for me to, to get to do. Um, and so, yeah, coming back to video games after five or six years off it means that i can go and replay things that came out while i was out i just before i started this call speaking to you i've been playing death stranding this afternoon and this is my my first playthrough so i you know i know that that's that's a few years old now but uh i haven't played it before i would have have, uh thought that you say uh witcher 3 which is which is three has been brilliant yeah i played that uh, a couple of years ago i played that in between playthroughs of cyberpunk um and i've put like i i basically bought my rebuilt my computer so that i could play cyberpunk because i wanted to play that a lot i love that kind of science fiction i bought that i bought that on stadia um oh wow okay yeah yeah (laughs) but i only played it like an hour Um, okay i think the game is really cool but yeah, I kind of lost track yeah. of it, and I forgot to play it. I want to play yeah. that new Hogwarts game. Um, I wanna okay, play that. yeah. 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 I, I, I will Harry confess Potter I'm not... Fan. So, yeah, I'm not super into Harry Potter. I can see, like, I know people <laughs> that are, and uh, they already seem to love it. I've had people on my, my Steam list today playing it, mm-hmm. so people seem very excited about it, but... Yeah. Um, whereas, yeah, Cyberpunk, I think I passed 200 hours on that, like, wow. last month. Um, and in between playthroughs, I played Witcher 3 and, um, like I just, you know, there's been a bunch of games that were big games a few years ago. Red Dead Redemption 2, I have bought, but haven't actually played yet. Um, and I'm going to play that once I finish Death Stranding. Yeah. You know, so that's been great to go away from that for a little while and come back to. Mm. And then RPGs. So my, my game that I play on, like role-playing games, Dungeons and Dragons, or, um, I, the group that I play with on Sunday started as a lockdown game. I thought it would run for mm-hmm. a few weeks, and yeah. we're now coming up on three years next month. Same, like, my yeah. group as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We uh, play that's always been, on yeah. Mondays. <laughs> yeah, excellent, brilliant. What what class are you playing at the moment? Uh, we we just started a new um, session, and uh, at the moment, before I was a paladin, but I yeah. played a terribly um okay. <laughs> no first i no first i had the sorcerer um yeah. because i just liked that i got confused by the sorcerer because they i never a bit knew of learning to yeah yeah i i never knew how many which spell i would actually want to use yeah. and i yeah it was confusing so i thought okay let's try a paladin and I play yeah. them completely wrong. Uh, <laughs> so now, now I'm playing a barbarian. Brilliant. And yeah. that's per- perfect for me because, okay, I just need to hit. Yeah. <laughs> There's not to, too much to do, to do and you can just yeah, go for exactly. it. And, and you can have so much fun with the character, um, yeah, which exactly. is the, the really fun stuff. You can worry about the rules and the mechanics and what your yeah. character can do, but what your character is like and what they want to say and how exactly. they relate to people. That's so much exactly. fun um it's, and that's yeah much easier yeah that that for me has been a real social outlet i'm not i mean what i was saying before about um 
you know, going to the supermarket and enjoying it because there weren't many people. I'm not a very sociable person in real life. Mm. Um, so to have something like that, that is that a, I cannot play on my own. It forces me to be around other people, but I have a regular, like, this is when we do it. This is for how long. This is the literal rule book that we are going to use when we're hanging out together. It clears yeah. up any of the the difficulty that I might have. Like I, I, I like to know what's going to happen in advance. And, um, that's such a good way to do it. So I, mm. I, yeah, my Sunday game, I'm playing with a, it's a group of six and I had met a couple of them before, but now they are among my best friends. It's, it's great. Mm. And they live hundreds of miles away from me. This is, which is, you know, entirely cool. what's possible now, but yeah. Do you only DM? Are you uh, always the no, master, no, so my, master? My my Thursday group, I'm DMing at the moment, but I've only been doing that about a month and um mm. yeah, about six weeks now. But before okay. that, another friend was, and before that, another friend was. So that one rotates mm. a fair bit. My Sunday game has had a main DM for that whole thing, and it's not me. Yeah. Uh, I so in that game, I again, I've had a couple of characters. I start I started with a barbarian, and then I played a paladin for a long time, and now I'm playing a ranger in that. But we've played other games, and so I've done a bit of DMing with that group, but only mm. for like you know uh, if one person can't make it we play a different game and okay i will run yeah, something same we've been playing i don't know if you've i'm going to grab the rule book just to show you on the camera i don't know if you've seen Morkborg. Morkborg? No. it's incredible and the rule book is tiny it's it's like 50 pages but it's it's like um it is described as a a doom metal rpg it's you can see the the artwork on it is incredible and as a piece oh, of graphic no. design just the document alone is is brilliant. Let me see what I can find you in terms of just the design of you, you look at this. This is the page for the weapons rules. And for folks who are just oh, listening, okay. it's just a splash of yellow with um with just a couple of numbers written on the page. It's not like a lot of RPG handbooks that have but got loads you, and loads of text. With, with that, like you, are you only playing Theater of Mind with that? Or because I've uh, never seen yeah. that on Roll20 or Foundry. Yeah. How do you play um, that then? So with that, there are two ways that I play. And again, it depends on the group. Sunday, we just play theater of the mind and we have dice on the tables and paper and pen. And we play over Facebook messenger. Like we make a call okay. like, like you and I have yeah, now. Yeah. Um, for my group on Thursday, we use um, a program on steam called tabletop simulator. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. And that is like a like a 3D um, environment yeah. tabletop, and you can import tools. Cool. There's loads of modded like community made tools yeah, for that. Yeah. And the way that I have friends, my friends, when they've run games, they've gone out and they've 3D modeled the maps, and they they use a program called Do you know Hero Forge? Uh, it's for uh, like have, making. That, yeah. You can make like 3D models of your own character. You custom build them, and you oh, can buy cool. a, a, a like a 3D printed miniature that then gets posted to, or you can export the 3D model, um, oh, which awesome. I guess is a .obj file. I can't remember exactly, and then import that into Tabletop Simulator. Me, oh. I I use it so I have a table that is a grid, and I have a marker pen tool, and we have dice, and I just draw it all out, and we we put things down on the table, and I can do oh, all that that's in. Cool. You can play Tabletop Simulator in VR. I've never done that. I don't have a VR headset, but I, mm. it would be really good and easy to do that way because it is like moving around in a 3D environment and you can just put and things down on the, yeah. Does everyone need to own a license of a Tabletop Simulator or only the yep. master? Um, you could stream it, but to be honest, you can buy like 
you can buy maybe a four pack of tabletop simulator on steam for 30 pound something oh, like cool. that it's, it's very it's this. very cheap uh you can buy a single copy i in fact i looked this up recently so you can buy a single copy last time i looked for about 15 pound which pounds okay. and euros is about the same thing at the moment so yeah, it's, yeah. it's not expensive and it's because the main game is very small and then there is so much um community made content it's all mods and um workshop content I've been just writing uh, the tabletop. Yeah. Yeah. We do everything tabletop, in Foundry yeah. or in Roll20. Yeah. And yeah. it's I've used so Foundry difficult to yeah. DM. Yeah, yeah. DM has to prepare so much stuff. Yeah. It's um, yeah. really difficult so, sometimes. I, I started playing D&D maybe 10 years ago. Mm. Um, and we started, we sat around a table and we, we had a paper, like a folded whiteboard and we drew the map on mm. And so yeah. I, I just want to recreate that. And I can't do that around a table at the moment because I, you know, sure. um, because I, I want to do it online with my friends who live away from yeah. here. Um, but it's, you know, I, I, I still cool. like that physical experience. I've got a huge, for folks that aren't, that are just interested in Bo's stuff for bags, there are bags involved. Don't worry. I will show you, Bo, my, my, <laughs> my, my, my dice bag is like half the size of my head. It's huge. So there are so many bags of dice, uh, so many, you know, um, and you don't need that many. You can play with, what, seven no. for main D&D. Some games yeah. you can play with just a couple of D6, exactly. um, that sort of thing. You know, six-sided dice. Um but me, I, I, I like having loads of them and I love that physical experience um, yeah. of, you know, I used to play, I've, I've spent my years, you know, you book a table in a game shop and everybody sits around and, and does that. I used to play in a pub, you know, we had a, a large, there was a large club Good that times. was like, like five or six players and we would book the top, the whole top floor of the pub uh, one night cool. a week and we would go there and everybody would pay, I don't know, two pound and that was enough to cover the booking of the room. And, oh, and so you'd cool. have you'd have a whole room that was like five or six different games all going on at once. And yeah, we we did only did that at the home of someone. Yeah. When I was younger, I played a lot of Shadowrun. Yeah, we didn't sure. Play yeah. D and D. Uh, we played yeah. a bunch of Shadowrun as kids. Yeah, I have Shadowrun um, on my shelf here. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, ah, good times. Yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> Lots yeah, of you, dice. everyone, you should pen and paper role playing games. Yeah. I, I know it has, it has. No, I mean since since um, Stranger Things, it has yeah. become a little bit more mainstream, and but before then, it had always the the image of being very nerdy and not cool with yeah. really huge air quotes. But, but it all, is all, so all the best fun. things are not really cool. Yeah, yeah. You know. it's so much fun. You should yeah. uh, you should at least try it once. Yeah, I I, I right. would encourage anybody yeah to try it once and if they can't get yeah. over the awkwardness or they just decide that they don't really like storytelling or they don't like playing a character or whatever, then that's fine but and you don't have yeah. to you, i mean if no. you if you're not into yeah. like we just recently started all to kind of change our voices for okay. me finally it's easier to do a barbarian yeah my throat is hurting so much because <laughs> I, i'm doing this kind of batman voice where everything is raspy and before i go to bed i have yeah. to like drink a tea because yeah. my voice is so uh, yeah. destroyed but if you don't want to you don't have to nope. then it's all about okay my character is walking there and yeah. he wants to do this yeah. and then you just roll a dice yeah. and you can do that yeah. as well yeah 
Absolutely. It's, it's, it's fine. Yeah, it, it is as difficult as you want it to be and as easy as you exactly. want it to be. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. All right. Thank you so much for answering that question. What's your yeah. next question? Uh, let me see. I've got this written down. So, um, actually, let's let's talk about something related. So, we were talking about... Um, um, you know, doing things online. You were talking about, you know, ways of ways of playing stuff like that online. And I'm aware mm. very much that, I mean, you and I have been speaking entirely online for a few years now. I came on yes. the podcast a couple of years ago, and then you know, if it's just swapping comments on Instagram and YouTube and things like that. Exactly. And and most of my, I know that you and I have both gone to physical events for the bag collectors. You know, cariology events, that mm. sort of thing. But far and away. This this community that we're part of there um, is entirely online and and mm -hmm. is full of people that you know I, I don't think I'll ever meet. Um, can I can I ask you about do you do you see that as being a limitation? Would you rather it were different? Would you rather there were more physical things or? I know that the internet is 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 coming on leaps and bounds. Do you? Um, do you see that just as entirely as a good thing, you know, that we are able to connect with people over these specific, uh, mm. in this specific niche, you know? Interesting. That's a very interesting question where I'm a little bit torn, right? Yeah. Just from a gut feeling. I've, I don't know if it, if you would have asked me this, question two years three let's say four years ago okay yeah. my answer would have been a little bit different um and right now i'm a little bit torn between the feeling oh i've been in lockdown or i've been in this situation where we had to be by ourselves so long and to some degree i am a little bit like you i'm not that much I'm fairly open. I can get very easy into conversations with other people, but I'm in the mind, I'm very good at asking questions and keeping a conversation going without telling anything about me. Yeah. So I am good at conversations and, and I'm not talking about like, small talk i can actually move a conversation going but then again it's not i feel very distance distant in those conversations because i'm in i'm not talking about me i'm yeah. good at keeping the conversation going so in that regard i sometimes i'm not that much eager to go into like public spaces or into big yeah. parties and stuff like that because I like to dance. If if there's a party with dancing, yeah. then I'm all good. For, I'm all good with it because it's just me. So I don't have to interact with too many people. But if it's like a dinner party or stuff like that, I'm not. Okay. I'm not that big of a person for those things. So, so in that regard, I'm kind of similar in a way that I like to keep to myself. Um, however, after these two years can go into two directions. On one hand, I would love to have more physical interactions and meetups and stuff like that. But on the other hand, I'm truth to be told, I'm still not, 
hundred percent um in a place where I am not afraid of getting COVID. Okay. I yeah. am I have uh I have a vaccine and everything, so I'm I am confident that that I never would die from it. Um yeah. but I love eating and I just met someone who has not been able to taste anything for the last five months. Oh yeah. Because yeah. of COVID. Yeah. And that is my biggest fear. It's terrifying. <laughs> I love I love eating so yeah. much. I love chips. I love nachos. Yeah. I love tacos. If I couldn't taste that, I would be yeah. <laughs> devastated. You yeah. know? I mean yeah. I know it sounds kind of stupid, but uh, no, no, it's just no. yeah. how I feel about it. Yeah. And that's why I'm I'm not sure. I'm I'm it's fifty fifty at the moment. Yeah. That being said, that's just me. I'm not sure. I, I would like it both ways. That being said, I think the community could benefit from having more physical meetups, interactions, um, and just really seeing those bags because there has also been a new... Um, wave yeah let's say wave of comments lately and i think it is because of how the world is at the moment that people are saying oh that bag is so expensive yeah i don't want to pay that much um i can't afford it which is totally justified yeah. if don't buy a 300 or 200 dollar bag yeah. if you don't have the means but i can see people getting more and more or there are a couple of people that are more and more getting in the sense of these things are too expensive. Why are they so expensive? So having meetups and giving people the opportunity to physically see, touch, and talk to people who actually already invested that much of money into these yeah. items could actually help. Um, yeah. You so. Can yeah. yeah. Conversation person to person is quite different, I find. And yeah. that is, yeah. that goes both ways because while I'm, because I will say things to a person when I'm speaking to them and then anyone that has, has um, met me in an event might attest to this. I will say things to people privately or at an event that I really would have to be very careful saying online in a Facebook comment mm -hmm. or in a blog entry. And some of that is because um, the context is different and I, I yes. trust at least that what I'm saying, what I'm saying is not being recorded. It isn't going to be shared mm. out of context, everything like that. But the other thing there is, um, I wonder if I should be, there's always a question as to how, um, how much detail I can go into. Uh, to fully mm -hmm. explain my yeah. idea when I'm writing. If, I, if I'm writing a blog entry or a, a review, I have about 1,000 to, to 1,500 words. And so I can't go into so much detail that sits and explains why um, – if I if I don't think a particular, um, I'll give you an example. Ever, Evergoods bags, although they are brilliantly made, don't fit me especially well. Mm -hmm. And you know what? If I'm if I'm in person with you, I can say, no, I didn't find it that comfortable. But if I have mm -hmm. to. 
put that on a public facing blog or on yeah. a review, I have to sit and that. go into lots of detail. Um, whereas when we're sitting around in person, I can say, no, I don't think it's that comfortable. And <clears throat> if you want to know more, you can ask me. Yeah. Yeah. Totally get that. I mean, I see that, especially in the uh, comment section of my videos. And I'm always, whenever I get a negative comment, I, I always like to give that person the benefit of a doubt that yeah. that person the way that person is writing the comment is not the way that person would actually speak to me. So I, I try always, yeah, I try to always phrase my answer in a way that, Hey, not sure if I understood you correctly. Can you elaborate? And then try to phrase my answer as neutral and de-escalating as possible. And in a person to person conversation we wouldn't have to do that because you yeah. can't see my expression in my face my body language you can hear my, the tone of my voice and yeah, yeah that way communication would be much more um informative and constructive yeah. without yeah. having to be careful how you write something so i get yeah. that totally yeah. And, and and I say that as someone yeah. who is good at writing, I think I write quite precisely. That's yeah, I I, I think of myself yeah. as good at writing and I actually feel more I know several people who write how they speak. They write very conversationally, they write very informally, and I think of myself as someone who speaks the way I would write. I like to plan yeah. what I'm saying and be precise and choose my words carefully. Um and even with that in mind, there are uh, nuances to tone of voice and to body language mm. and just to, you know, the rate at which we're speaking that you just can't get over in writing. Yeah. Yeah. Also, you don't, uh, we have to remember that the internet, especially with items that people are heavily invested in, people yeah. quite easily get very defensive about yeah. stuff. Yeah. And, um, I totally understand that from the point of view, I invested a lot of work to save money for this item. Yeah. So I will defend this thing to the yeah. death. So yeah. that makes it very easy to get into confrontations on the internet. And I yeah. feel like that once we are face to face, this is much easier to de-escalate and not to get into the wrong um get off on the to, wrong yeah. foot we might say yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 exactly yeah and yeah that's why yeah. i think we could benefit a lot from 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 meetups and i would love to do some more meetups i'd wish if we both were in usa i think meetups yeah. would be much more easier to um to organize because and i just recently looked at my statistics it's still i think it was like 85 percent yeah. are in usa so yeah. uh, about 65 percent of my yeah. like for my facebook group and for my my blog readership is us based and that's yeah and like the number two for my blog reviews reading is singapore um oh, which is which is you know it's yeah it's um and some of that is because of the things that we cover i know that we mm. that things like um 
well, I, for example, I covered a, a bag a couple of years ago made by Strato Gears, and it's made by Lee Gear, but it's Strato Gears, and so that's more or less a Singapore exclusive. They will export okay. them to the USA or to, mm. to me in the UK, for example, but it's made for a store in Singapore. So some of that is about the the things that we cover that I maybe see. you don't. But yeah, more than half of my readers, my viewers, my community that I speak to are based in the USA. Yeah. Mm. But then again, what I really love about the world we're living in right now, being so online based, you and I would yeah. never have been able to talk before this whole situation. Yeah. I mean, we have, of course, we had Skype and stuff like that. But yeah. the good thing about the pandemic is that stuff like these video calls have become so much easier, so much streamlined. Yeah. And um, I really love talking to all of the people all of the world. I mean, imagine if we had to schedule a meeting in a studio. Yeah. You had to cool. fly over to Germany. It would, would have <laughs> never happened. Never. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I'm loving the world we're living in, although it is all online and all non-physical in a way. Yeah. There's yeah But the yeah the final thing that comes to mind with this for me is um, although I for example you and I have just had a big conversation that has nothing to do with what we what we know each other for and what we we are known for separately like we were talking mm -hmm. about role playing games and things like that I've met digitally met a number of people that I know that I can talk to them about bags and I know very fairly quickly that if i met them in person i probably wouldn't like them very much i'm not going to mention any names on this but that i have i know i have nothing in common with this person and actually mm. from from seeing what they write or hearing how they speak their attitude yeah. or their their view on the world is really different than mine yeah. um and i'm really happy to get to talk to them about this one thing we have in common the insight they have the knowledge they have the comments they have are great but i don't really want to hang out with them in person because I yeah. think it would make me uncomfortable. And that's something that the internet does very well. Mm. Um, it's something that, for example, you know, uh, that's something that I actively try to foster in my Facebook group is saying, no, look, we're not going to talk about, um, we, we actively, when the group started, we actively had to separate it from other EDC groups even and say, no, yeah, we're not going to talk about knives and flashlights or patches mm -hmm. or other things. A, because they're contentious topics and B, because we want this to be a focused thing where anybody can talk about this specific thing without other stuff becoming an issue. Um, What is contentious? I need to... Sorry. Uh, contentious, uh, uh, when people are likely to contend over it, they are likely to argue over it. Oh, they're likely to uh, argue over it. Okay. Yeah, a, a, yeah a, a subject that is contended. Um, okay. So, yeah, uh, it's something that's likely to cause arguments or fights. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I learned a new word. Yay! <laughs> if you if you ever yeah. see me in the next few yeah. weeks using that word, you know I learned from yeah. you. <laughs> Perfect. All yeah. right. So let yeah. me ask you uh, my last question to you. Yeah. Um, what are your three favorite items that you like to carry around or use on a daily basis? doesn't yeah. have to be back related or EDC related, yeah. just three items yeah. that yeah, you can't live without I, yeah. or that you use every day. Yeah. I'm going to, I, I, again, thank you so much for, um, 
passing this through to me in advance because I had to think about it a lot. I think last time I spoke to you, you asked me a similar question and my brain just went, well, I have like 700 things I could say here. <laughs> so to narrow that down to three is really difficult, but I have thought about things. And I'm going to throw similar things back to you with more specific questions because I had to go, mm -hmm. well, I, the first thing I want to mention is like the most recent things I've bought that I've been totally happy with. So that's something I'm going to ask you after in a minute. But I, mm -hmm. I had to basically I came down to like two things, one of which is my um, my Gerber Dime multi tool, and this is oh. a, a, a for for my everyday carry. This is the tool that I carry. This is the only knife that I carry these days. And I've gone through the first Leatherman. one that I see that used that. Really, yeah, I I really mm -hmm. like it. I have had three okay. now, and and for some people that would be terrible, but one of them broke. Uh, you know, I have to okay. own up to that, but but it was maybe six years old when it broke, and mm -hmm. I was using it a lot. Um, and I wrote to Fiskars, which is the company in in Europe that distributes Gerber or owns Gerber, and they said, "Yeah, we'll send you another one, easy peasy." Okay, and then cool. that, and then the second one, I accidentally took into an airport, and they took it away from me, which is my fault, mm -hmm. and okay. there's no brainer. And so I bought a, a new one of these at the start of this year. Um, after Christmas, and because it's it's great, the the size and the tool selection and the functionality for me works really well. It fits my needs. I don't need a big heavy knife. I've got when mm -hmm. I'm in work, I, I work on vehicles, and so like I have a toolkit. But if I just need to open a package or turn a screw or tighten sure. the screws on my glasses or anything like that, like yeah, perfect. Um, and it's a great mm -hmm. size and um. Yeah, works very well for me. Um, and then the flip side of that, so I, something that I had never had before, but that I needed to upgrade and have been totally happy with, uh, is a new headlamp, the Nightcore NU33 headlamp. Oh. And I'm using this for running and I'm using it for hiking and the feature set and the build on it and the um, the user interface are all excellent for me. Because it has, it has. You can see on the video, it has three LEDs, and one of which is—I don't know yeah. if you can see it on the video, but anyway, it has um, a high-powered yeah. high throw beam and a low-power like diffuse beam with a high CRI and a red light, and I can get into each of them instantly. Um, that's excellent. Like I've used so many lights and so many torches in the past. I have a Petzl headlamp in a drawer in my room, which is ten years old at least, <laughs> and I, I use like Zebra Light day to day and things like yeah. that. And the, Ze the Zebra Light is great, but it has a hundred and twenty degree spill. And so for me, again, working in vehicles, I have to get you know in under a car seat and see mm. what is there. That's perfect because it's not going to blind me. Um, yeah. But for the outdoors, I, I've really enjoyed this this Nightcore. Um, so I always be, wanted to buy yeah. a headlamp. Yeah. Well, yeah. I if, one yet. For for me, it's important. Like at the moment, I'm yeah. I'm. I mentioned to you earlier before we started recording. I think that you know I'm training for a marathon. I'm running a lot, but because I yeah. work, I have to do it at night. Um, and it's Scotland, so it still gets dark at four in the afternoon here. Um, so for me, that's been I've used that a lot already this year, and I've been really happy with it. So I'm I'm going to interrupt the question and say, what's the last thing you bought that you've been totally happy with? Good question. Um... I know that's a difficult one, especially for for people like us who are naturally quite critical or or look for you know how could this be better or, or things like that. Um... 
Does it have to be that I bought or that I got? That, that you received. Because yeah. to be fair, I got this James brand thing, yeah. the Palmer. Okay. Didn't yeah. buy it myself. But after having owned it for, I don't know for how long, for at least a month or two, yeah, I would buy this yeah. in a heartbeat. Um, it's it's expensive. I get that, and it's it scuffs up really fast. But I like that it it's, it's completely yeah. scuffed up. It's patina, um, yeah, it's perfect. Yeah, it's it's just a box cutter. Yeah, and but I use this every day. Is I have that, so many things yeah. that I need to cut apart, cut yeah. open. And I like this much better than my Swiss army knife yeah. because it has this one-handed uh, opening mechanism where you can just push it out um, with one hand. Yeah. And I cut boxes every day. I don't know now that I think about it, why do I need to cut so many boxes? But <laughs> I actually do. At yeah. least every second day, I need to cut off boxes. And I hate when people throw boxes just like i don't know they fold them up somewhat and then they push them in the trash and then you can't fit anything into the trash yeah. because they didn't cut it up i hate that i hate that so much yeah absolutely and yeah that's definitely one of the items that i would buy in a heartbeat right yeah. away right. yeah and then so the my next thing on my my kind of essentials um, I had to go into my head about um, things that I think are really important, but they're kind of old school, like not my newest thing, but the the old yeah. school things that I think are a bit analog. So I personally just uh, paper and a pen, a notebook and a pen. Um, and like, you know, I, I have a, a little Fisher M4, like yeah. a clicky one. And that goes yeah. literally everywhere with me. The spring is starting to wear out amazingly. And I've gone through so many of these little A5 notebooks. This one oh, I got yeah. from um, Ava at Dyborg Gear. Do you know um, Ava? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And yeah. so she did a, a collab with Perfect Pack a couple of years ago for yeah. these little notebook pouches. And I keep a small diary in there and a pencil and a pen. And that is absolutely an essential for me. I use that all the time. I'm looking at it now while I'm talking to you to check certain things. Um, because, yeah, like, like taking physical notes and... Um, you know, making things down. It's quicker than using my phone and my memory for things and my comprehension and my understanding of things is, is generally better if I write it down by hand than if I type it. There is scientific data to back that up, by the way, yeah. like university students and things like that. Personally, I'm such a big fan of, of taking physical notes. And then in the outdoors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For, uh, for that, because I'm, okay, I am a physical note taker as yeah. well when it comes down to my diary. So this is my diary. I do this thing that is called a happiness journal. Where, okay. yeah. So I have a therapist and that's something I, I need to do uh, on a regular basis, which is to write down three things that made me happy during the day. So that's uh, yeah. the, my happiness journal and I write that down. So however, so I have this A5 notebook yeah, that's way too big to carry around on 
my body. I can't put that in the in the bag, of course, but it's not not something that I carry around on a day to day basis. So my question to you is: I have also have these smaller notebooks just like yeah. like you just mentioned um yeah. which for audio listeners is i don't know it's i don't know the sizing of this is this a6 so yes a6, a6 is the size a6, i know right? um field notes or the moleskin yeah. cahiers and things like yeah. that is a6 yeah. smaller things so yeah. Yeah. first question is i am a bit of a i have when it comes down to notebooks i have this and taking notes i have a little bit somewhat of an ocd i don't like mixing my work notes with my journal uh, with my yeah. um private yeah. notes private notes for instance um grocery lists yeah, i don't like sure, mixing yeah. that up yeah so how do you how do you manage that notebook that you carry around every single day do you write yeah. everything in that or do you have different kind of notebooks uh, with you there's a couple of answers i can give you one is for if i have a dedicated task that i'm regularly going to take notes for i have a separate pad so in my kitchen i have a pad that is just for grocery lists okay um okay. on my desk next to me i have a i have a whole notebook i can show you it's a it's a like term it's not a cheap one um no it's a rodia even so again and this is just for dungeons and dragons notes Okay. And there's, I don't mm -hmm. put anything else in that. For this one, okay. which is my everyday one, I put every thought that I need to keep into my head. And then when I get oh, home at the end okay. of the day, sometimes okay. I will go onto my, my Google Drive and I will put it into different, I will organize it and document it. And so there is stuff at the beginning pages of this that I have copied elsewhere and I will never need to look at again because okay. it's either up here because it's very solid because I know I've written it down or I have saved yeah. it on my computer or put it into a different notebook. But this is okay. almost disposable. If I write it down, I'm going to look at it like later that day or maybe in two or three days and never again. Um, so you copy it from your... Yeah. So you yeah, copy I, it handwritten and then you just type yeah, it will into your Google Drive. I will write stuff down, through, yeah, handwritten... And then later on in the day okay. or the next day, I will find time to actually, if it's something that I just needed to remember for like 30 minutes, yeah, I don't need to copy it. If it's something that I need to remember because it's, um, uh, so we were redecorating my, my, my flat, my, you know, parts of my house, um, earlier last year and i needed to remember the the dimensions of a room so that's something that i need to remember for like half an hour while i go to the shop mm. and and you know work out how much wallpaper i need but if i if i'm out and i need to if i see a color or or something like that and go i need to remember what color this is you know i need to find out what brand of paint that they're using or what type of wallpaper they're using and oh, i need okay. i'm going to need to remember that when i buy wallpaper in like two months I have a document on my computer, a Google I document see. on my computer that is my list of things I need to know for that. And so I can just, I, I know that I've got time to back it up and to write all that down. Uh, when I was planning to come and talk to you, because we've been talking about this for a couple of weeks, uh, I started writing stuff down. And if I 
wanted to, I could go on my computer and find all the, the oh, notes that I put with just loose ideas. Interesting. And mm-hmm. then I have rewritten it here in front of me just so I've got physical notes. Um, yeah, but yeah. if I look around my room, how many loose notebooks can I just put my hands on? Uh, <laughs> like one, two, there's a box over there with like eight in um, because they're full and I don't want to throw them away yet, even though what I just said to you, I could, but yeah. whatever. Um you know, I have a completely separate one here and I, I end up with lots of, but that is something that I carry with me all the time. And yeah. I don't even like buying like a small sling unless I can fit some way of writing physical notes in it. And um, you put that into your pockets or do you always have it just in your sling bag or it something? It tends to go in my bag, but I can, okay. I can't quite fit this whole pouch with my, my planning diary and my rough notebook and like two or three pens all in a trouser pocket. But if I have a small sling bag, um, usually I can fit that in. Um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Inter- maybe yeah. I should try it at the moment. I, all of these thoughts that you just mentioned, yeah. I just yeah. write them. I create every time a single note in Evernote. Yeah, so I sure. have like yeah. this huge digital yeah. thing, but yeah. I definitely miss yeah. sometimes when I'm, I don't know, yeah. at the kitchen table just to write it down in a yeah. physical notebook. Yeah. Um, maybe I should just do that then. Get, get, get a, a pad of, you know, like post-it notes or like loose paper. And put it mm-hmm. in. If, if sometimes I've thought about doing that because the notes that I'm taking is stuff that I just know that my my you know what I mean. If I talk about working memory, just memory that you need mm-hmm. to hold for like 30 minutes, maybe an hour at most. Uh, if I'm working on a vehicle and I need to remember how many miles it has done and what the pressure of the tires are, and I'm only yeah. going to need to know that for like five minutes, but I need to get it right because the next person I'm going to tell needs to know it. And they're going to put it in the computer. So I need to write that down. And just having like loose paper is better than writing it on my hand, you know, yeah, which is the, the other thing I see people doing <clears throat> is they write stuff on the collar of their, you know, the yeah, cuff yeah. of their sleeve or on their hand or, yeah. <laughs> you know, they just find yeah, a bit I do of everything a digital at the moment. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah. I think I just love the, the process of physically writing stuff. Yeah, yeah. That's a good point. Yeah, All right. yeah, I, I, yeah, I find my my process works much better making physical notes yeah. than digital notes. But I know yeah. that's not for everybody. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, Do, thanks so much. And for I was going to bounce question. the question back at you, but fine. I, I think we've talked enough. Of, um, I, I was going to say, do you have anything in your in your day to day process that is old school that is analog? Um, yeah Anything other than uh, that like yeah it's uh i like it's i've moved a lot of things to digital actually although i really like the process of having a notebook um yeah. so yeah move everything to i try yeah. this new i tried this new thing uh which is micro journaling just to okay. get um just as you said, sometimes you have thoughts that you just need to write down um, yep. or do micro journaling. Just I, I do it whenever I try to do it. Whenever I have the urge to go to social media, yeah. and I see 
grabbing my phone and opening Instagram or whatever, I have now an icon on my home screen that is this micro journaling. And then I try to push that button instead and then just write down whatever goes through my head. And I can't oh, see I myself should, I doing try that. that then, yeah. That's really good. And it's, it's so basic. I start out, okay, oh shit, I'm grabbing Instagram. Okay, I push that button. Yeah. Yeah. And then I force myself to write something. And usually it starts out with, oh, I'm sitting here at my desk. I just recently yeah. wanted to open Instagram. And then it spirals down to yeah. some what other What do you really thoughts. want to say? What is in your... Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And that's uh, that's something yeah. I try to force myself lately to Which do. is how a lot of people use Twitter, for example, right? They just yeah. splurge <laughs> all their thoughts out of it. I, I, um, yeah. But I, I, unfortunately, I, I never got into Twitter. No, I, I, I <laughs> can't do me. it because because of that. Because there's so much going on that I can't control yeah. what I'm going to see, and I end up bombarded exactly. with information that I don't need, and yeah. um, it all goes into my head, and I can't get it out. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I do find myself like looking at Instagram, and I can't remember when I opened it. <laughs> you know that's a problem I, I, for me it's yeah. i just started to do to include this digital well-being timer yeah um that it stops me from scrolling through instagram too much i really got a hold on not stopping looking at instagram but the i, I think the first step is to notice patterns and yeah. i actually notice oh you have been on instagram in the last three hours too many times so yeah. i actually i notice it and i intentionally stop myself from going into the app but that's the first just the first step that i'm at the moment in um or for instance i have not managed to do that i actually have the physical books of and this is Going back to your question with analog, I have yeah. the physical Harry Potter books. Okay. I listen to the audiobooks a lot, um, but I also read through the physical books. And what I wanted to do, but what I haven't managed to do yet, I put the physical book on my kitchen table. And I actually wanted to, oh, whenever I have the urge to grab my phone, to watch some YouTube, grab the book yeah. instead and read off the book. I plan to do that, but I haven't managed to actually do it, unfortunately. Yeah. yeah. I, <laughs> I like I, books. Yeah. I, I love books. I, uh, yeah. You know, yeah. I, it's, I yeah, I, I, I always feel guilty for not reading. And I, I know versus some people I know, I don't, I read a lot. And other people I know, they, the way that they read and the, um, veracity the, the the speed with which they read um is is incredible and they're mm. like 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 hunger you know for for consuming yeah. books and words and things like that. and i'm not that good so it will take me but you know a couple of months to get through a paperback or something yeah. a lot of the time um i get my money's worth out of the pages you know <laughs> yeah make it worth yeah, time. I, I do yeah. a lot of audiobooks um mm. that's so I used to listen a lot to music, but it switched totally to audiobooks for me yeah. or podcasts. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I would love to read again a book. Yeah. Having just, I I prefer hardcover books. Yeah. So I like the feeling of hardcover books in my hands. 
Um, do you, do you get to read comics or graphic novels ever? I want to. I really yeah. want to. Um, oh, but yeah. I got a little bit overwhelmed. I wanted to start reading uh, Nightwing, um, okay. the Batman. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how you call it. The Batman. I guess you would uh, call derivative. it a spin-off, but it's yeah, spin-off, sure, yeah. yeah, yeah. And I want to read that, but I got a little bit overwhelmed on where to start. Yeah. Um, because there are already so many. For yeah. instance, Star Wars is also a good example. I wanted to start to read the Star Wars books, but I was yeah. overwhelmed with the recommendations on where to start. And yeah. unfortunately, the, the books aren't numbered in a way. No. Uh, at least not to my knowledge or not to the degree that oh. a novice yeah. person knows where no. to start. Especially because I used to read Star Wars novels uh, before Disney bought Star Wars. And so, and actually mm. I, I was reading these things before like the Phantom Menace came out. And I remember reading, um, you know, uh, novels that were sat at, set after Return of the Jedi, but mm. th themselves conflicted in terms of events or the, the, the timeline of things yeah. uh, because they were written by different authors. The style was very different. And my, my only advice was that was like pick one and just you know pick one that is the start of yeah. a trilogy so if you want to read about uh, i don't know admiral thrawn or um yeah. you know uh, uh luke's jedi school on yavin was was something that mm. isn't canon anymore but is you know was 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 a classic there are loads of books about that um and i would say you know go go down that route and find out roughly yeah. what you've got in that but yes comics is huge like that and i don't read yeah. a lot of stuff by by marvel or dc because it's so it's so big i, I spent some time a mm. while ago you know reading things like just trying to read spider-man you need to be buying you know three or four comics every month exactly just just <clears throat> to keep up with one character let alone without trying to understand yeah. what is happening across the whole thing without what's happening happening for 60 years now with spider-man spider-man is you know 60 years old as a character and so trying to understand mm. the full history of that is is impossible and it's the same thing with yeah with batman or with nightwing uh, and i end up reading more vertigo comics or um independent stuff things by by you know it contained volumes that sort of thing i would be happy to make recommendations i oh yeah no like i i i buy books um mm. i'm reading neil gaiman's the sandman i've been reading that this uh i read that nearly all of it last year and i'm on the last book now but i'm buying the physical books and they're all on a shelf in in my next room i would love to but i was thinking of maybe starting out with an app like com i don't, never know how to say that comic solid or what yeah. this Amazon thing? I, I have used that on. Try yeah. that. I I don't have a Kindle at the moment. I lost mine, but I I have read a few comics on that. There are pros and cons. The obvious advantage, it, in my opinion at least, there are obvious advantages to having things based on a Kindle in terms of size, in terms of availability, in terms of just uh, not ending up with shelves and shelves and shelves of mm -hmm. books and needing to worry about breaking them or, or where you're going to get them. But I think especially with comics, because they are a visual medium, being able to sometimes see a single panel 
in full detail and being able to just bring your face physically closer to it and you don't have to worry about the resolution on the screen or the mm. brightness or anything like that and at the Makes same sense. time being able to see the full page and not even having to zoom but being able to see the whole page at once or parallels between different panels i i find more than other media like digitally reading comics is um i think to the detriment most of the time of the artwork and to the to the medium mm-hmm. um, Makes sense, yeah. yeah in in a way that i think you can <clears throat> a novel for example like listening to an audio book and <clears throat> reading a novel you get exactly the same words and it might be different but it's very rare that like the shape of the words on the page is significant and you're not going to get that through an audio book whereas the mm-hmm. shape of the images on the page and the full you know um two-page spread sometimes of of a graphic novel or comics um is is really significant sometimes yeah yeah i I just thought that for me it would be an easier entry point in getting into it i wanted to start it but i haven't decided i'm i'm very open to or would be very happy for some recommendations yeah um not i i was I started the I, I know it's completely different, but because the the reviews about it were so positive, I started the first episode of the Sandman TV series, the Netflix yeah. series. Okay. And yeah. I kind of liked the premise, but I don't know, I wasn't able to continue yeah. after the second episode. I, I don't know what it was. Yeah. Um That's okay. it just wasn't for me. Um yeah. But yeah, I would love to get into more yeah. comics. I, I really like the whole... I like science fiction. I like comics. I like fantasy. It, it's... I, I I get that people are saying, oh, that's kind of kind of silly. But I don't know. The world is... <laughs> what, it is escapism. It is to some what? degree. I, I get that. But I like it. I like... I don't need reality all of the time. <laughs> This this is a flippant comment that I'm about to make, but what life are people living where it's not okay to be silly sometimes? I you get know? that. Yeah, it's that's very totally stupid. I don't, for me, I, 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 yeah, yeah, for me as well. Yeah, I don't like to being have to have fun all of the time. Yeah. yeah, yeah, we need to be. I mean, it's people are so hung up about being cool, being serious, being. I don't know, educated, sophisticated and stuff like that and are so worried about yeah. not being yeah. laughed at. I'm honestly I'd say so much stupid shit all of the time <laughs> and I'd laugh about it because I'm like yeah. what the hell did I yeah. think about right now? <laughs> and but, I like it. Yeah. I mean it's important. My my favorite thing sometimes is to take something that is completely flippant and inconsequential and and silly and be really serious about it. And whether that yeah. is um, getting very excited about a, a, a superhero and what they're going through yeah. in the, in the books or the films, or um, you know how many buckle what kind of buckles does your backpack have? And I know <laughs> that that doesn't matter to like eighty percent of people that you will ever meet. But I love that that rabbit hole yeah. that really deep um engagement with things as though it is the most important thing yeah, yeah. absolutely i i i love that it's um so that specialist engagement with things because it's where you get the really um 
it's where you get the best people and it's where you get the best um yeah. engagement with 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 things it's it's the real meat of of life for me yeah. i think um yeah i love that yeah totally totally that's a real diversion from like hey do i like having a notebook uh, <laughs> yeah <laughs> but that's you, that's what yeah. what i like to do i think these yeah. these podcasts are about should not only be about bags or stuff like that no. i think it's important no. to kind of go on a tangent and talk about all of the different stuff and yeah yeah as i said uh to close this up i would love to do a podcast with you and talk a little bit about dungeons and dragons and stuff like yeah. that i know i i'm pretty certain that not many people will listen to it but i think it would be still interesting that's the, that's um, their loss yeah and i mean we could also kind of kind of um move that over to this niche and talk about okay you need to uh, think about a paladin but he needs yeah. to wear a backpack what kind yeah. of backpack would he wear and what what would fit into that backpack yeah. and stuff Absolutely. like that we could do, do that or i don't know yeah. if think Just about, whole scenarios. Podcast about inventories and and yeah. exactly or yeah imagine okay we are on a quest we need to fight this dragon But what? How do we carry all of that stuff? Should yeah. we carry anything at all? Should we just carry our armor and our weapons, or should we have a backpack yeah. with that stuff? I think that yeah. that could be a very interesting discussion and uh, yeah. talk about that stuff. And yeah. I'm not sure. Did you uh, did you have another question? I'm totally uh, moved over that. I've I've enjoyed or our conversation we... enough. Okay. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, and you yeah. should yeah. think about that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, if, yeah, if, yeah, maybe we'll do another episode to talk about those things. Equally, to come back to something you said, if you would like to come to Scotland, whether it is to come and climb mountains or just to visit the historic cities, because there is some amazing history here, and I, you know, you can go to all of the the places that you will have seen in Braveheart. Let me know, and and I'd be more than happy to give advice. Would love to. Yeah, um, at some, I need to. I yeah. really want to travel again. I haven't been I, traveling I, yeah. since the start of the no. pandemic. That's no. It's kind Actually, of that goes for anybody listening. Like I've done this multiple times. People can drop me a message and say, "Hey, where would you recommend to go and see um, a waterfall, or, or you know, what's a good place to stay in Glasgow, or anything like that?" Because you know, I, I have traveled a lot inside Scotland more than a lot of the Scottish people I meet. Weirdly, um, <laughs> so I, I I really like it here. Uh, I've lived here. A, what five nearly six years and that's about as long as i've lived anywhere i move around an awful lot in in my early life and yeah so anybody listening where, can do where that. you were you born and raised i What, was born in i was born in wales oh okay. um which is which is you know the, the the western part of great britain that's where my mother's family are from and then in my early life like like south england broadly but some i did mm some of my earliest memories are in kent which is southeast england it's east of london and then my my father's family are from cornwall which is southwest england okay. um and and that's the very tip of it so we have land's end down there which is you know it sticks out into the atlantic and gets real storms but uh yeah that's like um how where i would consider the, yeah. uh, i mean that's that's Another silly question, but we like nope. to be silly. Uh, yeah. What's the difference? How does the Wales accent sound compared to Scottish? 
Oh, um, they are. I'm not going to do either on the on a podcast. I would sound <laughs> uh, my 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 tongue is not that well controlled. But I, a Welsh accent is more rhythmic and has a lot of intonation. And okay. um, I'm trying to think of people I can recommend that you listen to, like musicians that I recommend that you could listen to to hear a Welsh accent. And there are less than there are lots of Welsh singers, but um, someone like um, Keris Matthews, who was in a band called Catatonia, you might remember. They okay. had a lot of hits in the oh. 90s. She has a Welsh accent. Um, okay. Cat- Catatonia. Um, and she's a radio DJ now. That's someone I would recommend. Uh, versus a Scottish accent, I would describe as more brusque and um, kind of mashed together. A Scottish accent, yeah. in my to my ears, is quite close to uh, certain like Scandinavian accents or even certain bits mm-hmm. of German, like like yeah. s- some bits of that. And the Scottish dialect. Um, you know, rather than saying, do you know this, do Ken? And I know in German, you yeah. have Kenan for, for knowledge, right? And yeah. familiarity. So there's there's a lot more of that. Um, I, f- I feel like Scottish is, if I can describe it from me as an outsider, I feel like Scottish yeah. is very edgy in a way. Yeah. It has this very um, edgy kind of tones to it. And um, yeah. compared to... British accent, it feels to my ear very rounded, yeah, maybe fluent yeah. in a way. Yeah, and I don't know where to put the Wales accent. Is it more on the Scottish well, side or well, more on the a, British? A, a Welsh accent. So when you say a British accent, I so I have what I would call a Southern English accent, and and the way okay. I speak is the way people learn in school to speak. But the uh, even mm-hmm. a Northern English accent is different than mine. Even a Southeast, like a London accent, okay. Lon- London accent's a bit more like this, and it is a bit more. Yeah, angular. it's kind of posh, can, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah to some degree. <laughs> um, <laughs> and and a Northern English accent, and you will hear that I can hear the difference between a Northwest and a Northeast English accent, oh, and okay. uh, a, a and a Northern Welsh and a Southern Welsh accent, even. But um, and and then like you get into real nuanced stuff it's crazy um but um i a welsh accent is very round i hear it described as sing song sometimes it's mm. very mm-hmm. musical it's very rounded yeah. and it doesn't have any of the the harshness that um you can hear it in the historic languages even if you listen to gaelic uh, and um, you look at place names in Scotland, you'll hear lots of um, ach and and you know ah, okay. uh, yeah, yeah, things yeah, yeah, like yeah. that. Um, and a Welsh accent has lots of W's in it, and um, interesting, uh, which which sounds like a wo 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 rather than a v that you will have in in German yeah, yeah, yeah. and lots of European languages, for example. It's, it's, I'm so it's fascinated by accents. My wife yep. is actually really good at imitating all of the German accents that we have okay. yeah. all around. Yeah. And I'm always so fascinated because I just, I can't do it. And I, no. I feel like yeah. it sounds awesome. I, I think yeah. the Scottish accent, I always, it puts a smile on my face when I hear Scotty from star trek <laughs> either in the old ones or in yeah. the new ones yeah 
Um, I think it sounds amazing. <laughs> it I sounds can't really remember good. where that actor is from, like specifically in Scotland. Give me a second. Uh, Do you mean the new one? Um, I, um, Simon Pegg? Yeah, so Simon Simon Pegg is is you know he's from South England. He's putting on a Scottish mm-hmm. accent, and he will be informed probably by Sean Connery, who's from Edinburgh. Um, yeah. But I'm trying he's to think of awesome. the okay. yeah 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 classic guy yeah absolutely. Yeah. Um, whereas um, the original Scotty, whose name I cannot remember at all, the actor. No, I um, me neither. Yeah, but there I is I I've, yeah I I have met people here who will tell you what city is someone is from in Scotland by their accent. And my ear isn't that good, but yeah, yeah. I, I think it's fascinating. The, the history and the development of language. And I, I mean, specifically English as a language is incredible. The hybridization of, of um, different types of people coming to Great Britain historically, because mm. if you look at old English, it's very similar to German of the same period. And then there are bits of old Norse and then there are bits of old French and Latin. And then you've got English forming as a language. And then you've got the English and the British going all the way around the world and mm. bringing things back. And so we now get modern, um, you know, modern English that draws bits from Indian languages or bits from, uh, you know, all kinds of things, not to mention yeah. the, you know, new technological stuff that is, um, you know, it's, yeah. It's, it's so funny as a kid, as a kid, I really hated history. I yeah. was so bad, uh, at the history class and I never really understood why people find it so interesting. And now that I'm older, I'm like, wow, that's so interesting. <laughs> it's so, it's so yeah. strange how, how, your own perception about things can like switch yeah. 100 degrees from, yeah. oh, that's boring. I hate this class so yeah. much to, holy yeah. crap, that's really yeah. interesting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Thank you so much for having this very interesting talk. And um, where can people... Definitely. We we will yeah. do that again. And I will try yeah. to think about how we can do that role-playing game. I mean, we could also do it yeah. in this, especially since Cyberpunk was so interesting, we could do like a Shadowrun talk about yeah. how to pack a bag or what <laughs> people in the future yeah. would wear. Yeah. The, you know? the inventory that would options be so in... interesting in Shadowrun and I don't know if you've seen the the original Cyberpunk role playing game um I've been playing Cyberpunk Red last year which is yeah. if the game is set in 2077 the you know the the video game is then Cyberpunk Red I think is 2054 and then there's a version that's 2020 which is amazing it came out in the 80s and so you you know oh, wow. um I have a friend of mine who's been playing like like role-playing games since then he's a little bit older than i am and so i remember him he said to me recently that he remembers in the 80s playing go wouldn't it be amazing to live in 2020 when they've got all this technology (laughs) (laughs) it's incredible um so yeah the inventory options and the things you can pack and buy and and carry the difference between that and fantasy games um i think is a really interesting subject yeah I'd, I'd should, be happy yeah, to talk to should, you about that. Yeah, I will. I will try to think about that because, yeah, yeah, as as I said before, you're the only one that I know in this space who is also into role playing oh. games, and I think it would be a very interesting talk to yeah. kind of yeah. take those scenarios as a limitation 
and then trying to imagine what what would you bags, actually pack what would you actually yeah bring? exactly yeah. Yeah. or if you yeah. would pack anything and just yeah trying to uh talk about that kind of stuff and yeah. i will try to yeah. think about that yeah. because i find it so interesting and it could I, have a really cool spin on that yeah. and maybe inspire yeah. some people either to play these games or brands yeah. to be like Holy crap, yeah. Jet and Bo have this really interesting concept about this bag for the future. Let's make that. Yeah. <laughs> that would Do be really it. cool. Yeah. Or, you know, so, yeah. Uh, yeah. If somebody wants to prove us wrong, if we sit to? around and say, yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. So uh, the number what? one thing people can do if they want to see uh, me talking about bags, there is The Perfect Pack, which is a Facebook group, and theperfectpack.com. Um, that's, that's awesome. the, my, my number one project. My personal Instagram is waxhead Jed. There is a long story behind that name that I'm not going to explain now because it would take us another <laughs> half an hour. Um, and then, um, you can also find some of my, my older work and some of my other work on packconfig.com. Um, I, I love the work that Pat Config do, you, you know, Nat Wagstaff, yeah. he's a great guy. So, um, yeah, absolutely. Check out, check out those. Thank you so much, Bo. All right. Thank you so much for being a guest on this podcast. And yes, everyone, check out Jet and Perfect Pack online. And yeah, thanks so much for listening and watching. And until the next episode, thank you very much. Cheerio.